we made the wake up call. And we should be probably more grateful for that than we realize. I mean, I don't know what it will take for people to really understand what's happening now and why it impacts us. And that's why we're having the conversations we're having here on The Sound of Black and Brown. What's happening, everybody? Sit back, relax, grab your favorite snack, and take it in with us. We're going to unpack a lot tonight on this episode of Outside is America. CJ here, and this is The Sound of Black and Brown. You know, our representation is very, very important. Part of our representation is ensuring that we are around long enough to carry, to carry it on, right? And we have to protect ourselves and we have to protect those around us. I'm not saying that to say that we shouldn't be brave, we shouldn't be ferocious, we shouldn't challenge. I didn't say that. I'm saying that we have to be, you know, conscious of what we bring to the table and what that means. And for that matter, you know, we have to know that we have power and collectively we are super fucking powerful. So for those reasons, we must know there are reasons why people divide. And there's reasons why, you know, sometimes in life we have to sit back, take it in and say, hmm, if I'm seeing it from and hearing it from different angles, maybe it just might be, that's what it is. I might need to make that change. You know, we are still having people who are pushing back on what's happening in Palestine, black and brown people, which is very, very unfortunate to me. You know, I don't know what else could be said to really explain to people that what's happening in Palestine is a mirror. It's a mirror. We're seeing the world for what it is and people are revealing themselves. I don't know about you, but I've had some revelations. And in these revelations, you know, some things I knew, some things I was like, hmm, that's interesting. And some things are like, wow, well, that's different. But then there are some things that had me saying to myself, you know, some people lost points, you know, some people lost points, some people gained points. But it also had me thinking about organizing and how much has evolved since the 60s. You know, we saw some great people get arrested, you know, for the cause, you know, for the movement, for various reasons, MLK, Rosa Parks, Huey, you know, uh, Fred Hampton, I could name names. But at the same time, that was done strategically and for a bigger purpose. It was to oppose the police in on a huge scale. And it wasn't done without thought into, well, what's going to happen next, right? And we have to think about that because some of the tactics we used then are not applicable now. And also, given recent events, as my young friend Manny was sharing with me earlier, you know, he's been thinking about January 6th. And I want to invite him to share for himself what he started sharing with me because honestly, I don't know how people haven't thought about that when thinking about different things. So Manny, if you Is he there? Did we lose you? Manny? Well, Can you hear me? Yeah, there you go. So I was just saying, can you, hear you, know, me? you. Yep, I can hear. Can you hear me? I can hear you. 
Hold on. Wait. Am I coming in clear now? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, I can hear you. Am I am I coming in clear? Yeah. Yeah, you're loud and clear. Did you hear what I was just saying okay. though? Like right. I was Sorry. sharing that you were sharing. Sure. Listen, techie be techie, and I know you've been okay. thinking on a lot. So I just wanted to invite you to go into what you were sharing with me earlier about thinking about January 6th. Why is that coming to your mind right now? Yeah. So, you know, uh, here I was, you know, this morning. Um and I was thinking about this uh, English essay uh, that I just finished last night uh, for my English class. And um, it was an essay uh, of our choosing, an argumentative essay. And we got to pick the topic. And I chose the topic of conservatism in the United States. Oh, my. And, you know, I ended up coming out to like five pages uh, before I had to stop myself because I was going to keep on going because there's so much I could say about it. Right. But after I finished and, you know, I read back the essay, um, you know, I was like, wow, I was like, you know, this this is definitely um, insightful. So anyways, I woke up this morning pondering, you know, how conservatism has affected the United States, right, in all the various ways that it has. And then I remembered January 6th. And, you know, um, I found myself on YouTube, on my TV, um, coming across uh, MSNBC's full um, broadcast uh, since, you know, hours before the insurrection happened all the way to the very end, right? It was about uh, like nine, ten hours, right? a nine, ten hour video. And, you know, and something compelled me to just click on it and, and watch, right? And... I'm watching it, you know, I'm skipping ahead and stuff, you know, and uh, you know, skipping, like, the commentary of, like, certain little things, right? Um, and then I get to the point where, you know, I, I here I am watching it again, but in my mind, it was like watching it for the first time all over again. You know, remembering exactly the, uh, you know, remembering the events exactly how they happened. And the moment for uh, of that for me was when in the Senate chamber, they interrupted uh, one of the Republican senators from, um, Oh, he was, I don't know if he was from Arizona, I think, or Oklahoma, one of them. Um, and they interrupted him from speaking because the protesters, the insurrectionists, had entered the Capitol. And I'm sitting here, and I'm watching it, 
and I'm skipping ahead, right? And I got to one of the points where one of the Capitol Police officers is being shoved up against the wall and, and, and just crushed, just crushed by people just pushing him into the wall and he's screaming and, and, and pleading and begging for them to stop and to let him go. And I can't tell you just how much like I was angered all over again. The oh, literal listen, wait, pause anger. right there. Anger. I think you're being kind of nice. <laughs> I feel like listen, there's no one I, word for I that. For livid. real, like in I, fairness. I was, no, I, I was livid. Yeah. I know you were, but I don't, I'm not doubting that part. What I'm saying is, is that I don't know if there's one word for the plethora of emotions we oh, all feel. Yeah. yeah. And the thing is, is like, while all of this was going on, I shared this before. But I didn't even know it was happening. I was on my way to a rally. And I had fucked Trump on my car. So I ended up getting chased by two Trumpettes down the 95. And if it wasn't for some, you know, out of nowhere comrades, man, I don't know if we'd be having this conversation right now. These people are ridiculous, but keep going. Yeah, and, and so I'm watching it. And I'm livid. And I'm... I'm so like sad as well. I mean, literally, I'm not joking. Rewatching it today, the same tears that I shed when I was watching it in real time as it was happening, I shed tears again rewatching it. You know, here we are two years later, right? Because to me, Right, personally, to me, it it genuinely hurt to see that. Right, to see of course the it hurt because remember, the United States is looked at as the democratic capital of the world. Yeah. So people come, you know, they migrate to the United States thinking, you know, and I'm speaking as an immigrant, a black and angry immigrant to be exact, right? We come here thinking certain things that happened to us before, it won't happen again. But the truth is it happens even worse. But some of us catch on and some of us stand up and some of us just get complacent, you know, and that's just the reality. I mean, that's why we're having this conversation here tonight, because I really feel like, you know, our organizing tactics need to change. There's a lot of things like, especially January 6th that has happened that change how we have to do things. Because this is not like pre-January 6th where you could just show up up there and rally outside. Those charges have changed. And as Threefus has pointed out multiple times, the other thing people need to realize, when you all do these protests and you decide to get the police involved and think you're doing the right white thing, you're also paying their overtime and you're giving them a nice paycheck. And that's your city's budget. Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm watching it and I'm watching it unfold all over again, and you know I'm seeing them walk through, you know, the hall that connects, you know, the House Representative and the Senate chambers, and and I'm seeing them 
you know, sit in the speaker's chair, you know, and climbing on the walls inside, you know, the the house chamber. Ripping shit down, somebody's shit on the floor. Like, you know, I didn't understand that when I heard about it. And then I, like, you see what you're doing now? When I finally found out, I came home and I went on YouTube. But see, I don't trust MSNBC and them. So you you still have that kind of faith. I look for the videos from the people who look for other sources because then you get all kinds of angles. And let me tell you, I saw some shit, literally. It was disgusting. I mean, how did you feel seeing that, like them tearing that stuff down? What was your second-time reaction? I mean, I I was livid. I was hurt, right, because... Again, personally, to me, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I've never made this a secret, but I, I, I truly, truly do value, right, the democracy here in the United States. I value right. what that Capitol building stands for, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And let me ask so, you this: pause real quick. In in from what you remember. What was the race of most of the people in the protests? I just want to clarify something real quick. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, they're all Caucasian, mostly, yeah. White people. Just yeah. say white. I'll, say, I'll do it for you. White people. Uh, go ahead. Them people. Because mm-hmm. not all white people do that, right? But you see, this, this was, you know, this was organized in a different way, right? Because these people came to destroy you know, this is why, like, for me, Manny, you see when white people come around me talking about they want to throw smoke bombs and they think it's a mosh pit and they think it's cute to just start, you know, throwing shit and, and putting my safety at risk. I'm not doing that no more. I've seen I've seen people I know get brutalized by police because when white people decide to get violent, we're the ones who end up paying. And the truth is, with that attempted coup, which is what I call it, because that's what the fuck it was. And yeah. I'd like I'd like you to look into the history of Trans Tobago and particularly I invite you to look up the coup that happened, the attempted coup that happened in our country. Right? Now when you look at that, think about January sixth again. That was an attempted coup. Oh, absolutely. Same, same, same thing. But see, they don't want to say that because you see, remember it was mostly white people. So it's important, in my opinion, that we say that. Because, you know, now you get me riled up. You see, you, Manny, you come to start shit, you know. Because, you see, the truth of the matter is, the media in this country is so right-wing. It's white, right? And we have to understand why that matters and why now is the time to boycott things like Fox News, right? It's not just about Israel. It's more than that. This was happening in Palestine, in my opinion, it goes back to January 6th because it, it shines the mirror on that conservatism you're talking about. It's shining it nice and bright, right? Now, people need to pay attention. There's ways that you could affect change. Don't watch CNN. Boycott Fox News, man. Fuck them. What they're doing for black and brown people anyway, right? When you see that attempted coup, Manny, right, and you think about January 6th, Right now, in my country, we're just an island that looked like a Timberland boot. So when we take action, we take an action on everybody. In this country, 
They did not waste time putting penance on the black and brown people who participated in that. You know that, right? Mm -hmm. Now, the white people, some white people complained about not getting vegan options in jail and shit. So you see... You see what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot to get mad. Like, every time I look and think about that situation, I get angry all over again. Yeah. I don't understand how people don't. That's what I was saying. It's more than one word. Not cutting for what you're saying, but just adding to it. No, because yeah. every time you look at it, to me, you see another thing that's like, what the fuck? Absolutely. Really? Really? And you know, you and I lived in, in, in two of the most oppressed places in the whole of New Haven. And we see people getting arrested for a lot of shit. Yep. Come on. Talk to them, Manny. Come on. Talk to them. Because I want to talk more about the organizing. I don't want to just stay right here. Because I feel like, you know, we need to think about January 6th. And when we think about that, we should think about why we need to be wary of the white liberals. Why we have to think about, you know, how we organize. And what does it mean when we get the police involved? And I also think we need to be realistic about our movements being infiltrated. They're being targeted and infiltrated for a reason. We have power. We need to know that. Yeah, so, you know, after watching it all, right, and I finished watching it, um, you know, uh, and, and with, you know, it kind of ending with, Senator Chuck Schumer saying, you know, January 6th is the day we'll never forget. And I said, wow, I mean, here we are two years later. I mean, it was true on the very day of, you know, I agreed. But two two years later, I was like, yeah, no, it, it, it's so true. And so then I thought, you know, um, how, how does what happened on January 6th, right, um, how does it inspire me to do what I'm doing and do what I have done? Right. And I sat there and I thought about it. And suddenly I started thinking about things that I've done and things that I want to do in a different lens. Right. Seeing during six, seeing how so many of this, this country's population had zero regard and respect for the very um, concept that is democracy that governs our country, right? And 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 I I think um, it was said best that democracy is such a fragile thing. And it's true, and so I have done so much right to help bring awareness to, to, you know, act on social justice issues, to unite communities, right, to bridge gaps between, you know, the young and the old and, the, and you know, and everyone in between, right? And I've done that for years. And then more so recently, right, having now my sights set on elected office, right, it made me think look at what happened then look at the great and and very very extreme measures 
that these individuals will go to to commit violence, to oppress people, to spread lies, right? To just ensue chaos in every way they can, right? My aspiration of continuing to unite people and, and become an elected official and develop policies, right, to, to help marginalize communities, right, all these things that I, I want to do moving forward, right? I realize that I have, I have to, have to, have to keep at the forefront of my mind the very simple fact that this is going to be a journey in which, yeah, bottom line, it isn't going to be easy. Right, because I'm going to have a lot of those very same individuals, right, who committed all these violent acts and will have these very, very hateful souls. Right, so I'm going to have them all around. They're going to be wanting to oppose me at every single chance they can. But also, also, unfortunately, and I've said this many times before. Unfortunately, I will also run into black and brown people who very well will oppose me as well. <laughs> you know, and so here I am wanting to go on this journey of uniting people, right? Black and brown and all different races, right? But I have to be honest with myself and, and, and accept it now that, okay, yeah, already because, you know, here I am, I'm this Hispanic male, you know, from an inner city, right? So I'm going to have, you know, Caucasians uh, who just so happen to have these very, very hateful beliefs and ideologies and, and, and just um, lifestyles, right? They're going to want to be taking me down every chance I get. But also... The people in my own communities. Right? So, it, you know, it reminds me that, yeah, January 6th, it happens. Those things can happen. Right? And like you said, yeah, the majority were Caucasian people. And they were absolutely willing to commit violence against elected officials, right? But we kind of, I kind of see this parallel to it in the black and brown community and how the insurrectionists on January 6th tried to overthrow the government and commit violence against elected officials. And in our inner communities, in our inner cities, right? Black and brown people, whether they're constituents, elected officials, organizers, on any level, right? They too, if they feel like it, will also do anything in their power to tear down something as well even if it is good. Yes, and you're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. See, 
this falls in line with what we're talking about tonight because, again, a lot changed since the 60s. And I feel like I hear what you're saying about amongst us, the black and brown people. I'm not going to refute that. You're absolutely correct. I myself, had, had, like I said, this whole thing that's happening right now in the world, it's a mirror. You're seeing people different now, right? Because there's different things that are coming back to your mind. There's different things that are coming up. There's different thoughts. There's, it's all kinds of stuff going on, right? The point that I'm trying to make is, is that are there going to be black and brown people who you thought were your peers? Some of these people don't even know you and they're going to hate you anyway. Yeah. That's just what it is. That's just what it is. I mean, I've had people doubt me because I'm not black enough. Mm. Mm. Okay. Hmm. You sound like you've heard that one. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Cause it's a real thing. Yeah. It's a real thing. I've had more people who they'll say, Oh, CJ, I love you. When I could do something for them. Mm -hmm. Oh, Oh, mm -hmm. Hmm. Right. So when I do something for you, I was the good comrade. I was the good one when I was obedient, when, you know, when I did as you wanted me to do. But when I said, wait, I don't know if that's a good idea or I challenge something, I'm a problem. Mm -hmm. I've had my own people tell me I'm too emotional. Mm. Oh, shit. I've had my own people doubt me. Right. I've had people who look like me, who check off the same box, tell me. Yeah, yeah, all for my black and brown people, but, you know, I mean, not look like me, they're actually darker than me. Let me correct myself. Some of these people are actually darker than me, and I want to point that out because it's different shades. It's not just one, right? Because, you know, you grew up hearing or being told that it's the light-skinned ones. No, 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 no. The bias comes in different shades. The colorism, mm -hmm. it's a real thing. Yeah. And I've had people say to me, I don't count on my own. I rather depend on white people. And these are people who yell out Black Lives Matter. Yes, yes, yeah. You see? So what you're saying is true. It's very, very, very true. You know, and January 6th, like I said, I invite you to look up the attempted coup that happened in Trinidad and Tobago. I want you to look that up on your own time. Mm -hmm. I want you to take that in. And let's talk about it. I want you to come back you know, on who asked Gen Z, and we want to talk about that. I can't wait till you see it. Because if this is what you're saying, now wait till you see that shit. Mm. Wait till you see that shit, right? You see, this is the thing. We were taught and told by Massa to doubt each other. That's what we do. We don't show faith in each other. That's why, like, that's an effective tool because it means that we'll go against each other by nature. Yeah. Mental slavery is a real thing, you know. It's a real thing. That knife, I tell you, they could be standing right next to you and holding that knife. That's why, like I said, when I started off tonight, you know, we have to recognize, we have to change our organizing strategy. It's not like the 60s. We don't have the same faith in each other like we did back then. Very true. We don't. Back then, you saw Latinos standing up with the blacks like it's nobody business. Mm -hmm. It was no question mark. Now it's apprehension. 
you know, now it's like, well, I don't know, you know, I know, you know, I like this one and not that one and this and this. But when the white man say jump, we say how high. So what the fuck? And then we say nothing changes and we wonder why. But, but you didn't help change shit. So why are you asking a question? That's another thing we need to stop doing. Don't be absent and only be present when you don't see the answer you want. Oh, boy. Mm. Mm. Let me tell you something. Eh? There's a lot that happens when you do organizing as a black or brown person. There's a lot of unspoken. There's a lot that we could talk about. There's not enough time on this part for that. Right. Because part of the problem is, is that people deny that this happens in this state, you see. Because we got so used to being good friends with white people, we refuse to believe that they have hidden biases and things they need to work out. We just had a white man come on our episode of what should white people do? And he admitted to having to face his whiteness. And you've been on these episodes, Manny. He's not the only one who said that. So if we've heard it from one white person, two, three, what more do you all need to know? What black and brown people need to know is there's power in our numbers. And this is why our representation matters, right? The fact is, some of us like the attention too. Don't forget that part and what you're talking about, Manny. Mm -hmm. Because when the camera on, we put on our good clothes. We ironing everything. We making sure we looking dead right. Are we showing up for that? But when your friend have a startup or the young person trying to share an idea, you don't have time for that. Yeah. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Mm. 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 And then some of us don't care about the cost of organizing. We get careless. We get real careless. We get loose. Some of us capitalize on the opportunity, right? We want everything. We want everything for ourselves. We we turn from being the person who understood to the person that we were protesting against. Mm. Mm, that's interesting. Mm. Mm. I'm telling you, the biggest thing that changed from the 60s and, you know, three-fifths talks about this a lot. The times have changed, right? They've changed. Mm-hmm. People don't know. I mean, he's a cat that came from that time. You hear who he talks about. He talks about the Young Lords. He talks about the Panthers. He talks, and these are people he knows, like, directly. That man ain't no joke. See, this is why it's important that we give the elders a seat at the table, too, because they could teach us a lot that we're ignorant to. But we have to be humble enough to learn. That's a word right there, Manny. Hmm. Mm, yes, yes. Mm, humility, huh? Mm-hmm. See, because humility, if we were to be more humble, right, we would recognize that these man-made choices to be jealous, man made that choice. They wrote a whole book on a man and a woman disputing over an apple to tell you what not to do. Man did that. Mm-hmm. And then we fight off nature and we fight off, you know, history and ethnicity. Why? Because those things are not controlled by whom? Think about that. Who controls the history? Manny. 
Mm. Interesting. All I see is the ones who are. I'll help you out. Let me help you out. Let me help you out. I like you plenty. Let me help you out. Let me tell you how you find that answer. Who controls the history? Why do you think they made it? Anytime the white man turns something into money, it's because that's what they want you to focus on. Remember I tell you that. Right? Now, back in the day, library started because people like to read and learn and such and such. And slavery will teach us who really made libraries popular. I'll let you all go figure that out on your own good time. Now, that being said, right, the white man realized we like to learn shit. So he had to control the narrative. He's been doing that from day one. Remember, we came here, our ancestors, our bloodline came here, were stolen, were abused. They didn't know how to read. They had to learn those things. We were still primitive. We were still using natural resources. We were simple people. And then, you know, white people couldn't see that because why? They saw, they saw what we didn't know. See, that's the key with white people. Some of them could see what we don't know because we're so busy doing what we do, we ain't paying attention. They see our productivity, our efficiency, our proficiencies, and they could use it against us. And we have to be wise to that. And that applies to the movement as well. We say this a lot on the pod. Be careful with that camera, man. That's a narcotic. That's a narcotic. Right? Some of the biggest Movements were made by people you never even seen like that. Very true. Dead ass. I used to work at a bank back in my um, little country that looks like a Timberland boot. And the richest fucking people that would come through those doors would wear rubber slippers and torn up clothes. Why? Because they were farmers. They're too busy doing all of that. They ain't had time to be posing in nobody's picture. See what I'm saying? Hardworking people don't have time for that. No time for that. And we have to be careful with those publicity stunts too because here's the thing. They can and will be used against us, right? Hence the reason why we should be wary of the white liberals. They're not all our friends. They're not our friends at all. We have to understand who an ally is first. Don't turn your back on your own because you're mad at them, right? We should never engage in tearing each other down, but we should also encourage each other to do better. That's two different things. The problem is some of us get caught at tearing each other down because the white man likes that pot stir nice. And we fall into it. And we might think on the surface, nah, it's not white people doing it, but trust me, trust me, it might look like that from one angle, but that's because you're only looking at one angle. You got to look from the different angles, you see. You see what I'm saying? Let me show you a little trick about how to train your thinking, right? Here's a little trick. There's actually games you could play. If you're a person like me that sometimes just like to play little games and stuff, there's actually a couple games and things you could do that will actually indirectly help you with your thinking holistically, meaning Things that you would look at myopically, meaning one-sided, you will start to say, wait a minute, hmm, and question. Interestingly, games that do that, believe it or not, are games like Tetris and Word Search. Why is that? Because when you look at the context of the game itself and chess, you have to sit there and think about the entire table. 
You cannot play those games without thinking about the entire thing first. And see, unfortunately, most of us were schooled to think myopically. Meaning, we only think in one direction. You, Manny, you're gifted. You always had that knack to question, but not everybody's like that. Some of us have to take a couple of attempts before we even catch on, but as if we choose to, right? The thing is, going back to it as far as the organizing in 2023, we have to be real as black and brown organizers, right? I, I know we're talking about unity and all these, these things, but don't shun your people either, right? Because here's the problem when you let white people in. The problem when you let white people in is they don't know when to stop. They just don't. They, they, they come in, they start off by telling, well, I think this is a great idea. Next thing you know, they're running the whole damn thing. And next thing you know, you have less and less of a say. Representation is very, very important. You have to start somewhere, right? So what we have to get better at is being less dependent on them and more reliant on ourselves and challenge ourselves and each other to be better. And sometimes that looks like just supporting your peer. Support them, share their posts, like their posts, support their cause, show up to their, their thing. That's all you have to do, you know, because the fact is in this state, the main reason why we have such a problem getting the masses out, like people want to see that happen, but it's not going to happen because most of these movements are white led and white dominated. That's very discouraging to residents and people who just want to come out and lift their voices because you see what they know is they don't have that privilege you know what i'm saying manny yeah so we have to be real with that and this is why you being where you are at in your thinking is amazing right because what you don't realize is for your age your aptitude and you're only 18 right I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward because the fact that you're sitting here saying to yourself, look at this nonsense right here from January 6th, it's still real to you. You could still relate it. And you're sitting here telling yourself, all right, right in line with what we're talking about. It made you think about strategy, didn't it? Absolutely. Of course it did. Of course it did. Because you know that it's not that you don't want to move forward, but you know that, okay, if I need to make certain moves, I don't have to sell out. I just have to be smart, right? Because here's the reality. People are angry. A lot of people are probably not going to vote tomorrow. I hate to be the one to tell you. Did you know that? Yeah. No, I, I have a feeling, yeah. <laughs> and why do you think that is? Oh, a lot of reasons. But like you said, they're they're angry. They're disappointed. Mm -hmm. they, they, they're giving up. There, there's yeah. it. There's it right there. Y'all knew that every y'all knew our cost of living was going to go up. We all, everybody had to stay in quarantine, and y'all couldn't say it to UI, Southern Connecticut Gas, the water company, um, the Comcast, and them. Hey. Stop billing people. I mean, these fuckers making a lot of money anyway. We ain't even talk about the fact that Comcast is yet to fix, you know, the wires. Everybody have fucked up internet, but nobody blaming Xfinity for the fact that they haven't fixed the wires in their pools since when? 
When's the last time you seen them fixing that shit? Come on now. They keep oppressing us and we keep letting them. And that's why it's important for us to recognize these things because as the dear James Baldwin says, we cannot change what we do not face. We have to talk about that elephant. And the time is now because your generation, look at what you're talking about at 18 years old. That's all I'll keep saying, not to put you on the spot, but to put you on the spot because we need to know there's things we could do to change this. And that starts with our mindset, right? This is why, like, to me right now, if you're not with the rallies for Palestine, if you, you know, for whatever your reason is, you don't want to go outside, whatever it is, that's fine. I get it. I respect it. But there's other ways you could get involved. Boycott the companies supporting Israel, right? We have to know from the 60s, our organizing strategies have to change. Streif have said that many, many times. It's not the police know we're going to show up. They're starting to get smarter now. Look at what they did to the, the police brutality bill right here in Connecticut, right? They're protecting themselves. So this way, every time we show up on the streets, you know, they know how to come back at us. But you know where they don't have us at? The Internet. Know that. What do you think about that, Manny? It's, it's uh, actually, I find it ironic this just came up because literally not even five minutes before uh, I got on the podcast, I was on the phone with uh, one of my friends. And uh, it's on like 10, 15 minutes and the topic of me uh, eventually running for office came up. <laughs> and... You know, she was like, you know, Manny, today you uh, announced that you're going to run. She says, when she says, uh, I'm going to post it all over uh, social media. She says, and all the different apps. She says, I'm going to tell all, you know, the people to vote for you. I'm going to keep sharing. And, so, and then I was thinking, and I was like, you know, I've had this conversation with a few people, right? And And here's the contrast, right? When talking to my peers, the number one thing that they say is social media. Oh, we're going to post it. We're going to share. We're going to make videos. And then when I talk to the older, you know, uh, people, right? Now, they say things like, oh, you know, the canvassing, the door knocking, you know, the flyers, right? The leaflets and stuff. And so you see the different methods of different strategies right so the fact that you you right the internet right social media and and that exactly like you're saying the met the whole uh idea that we do need to change strategies on organizing this you're right it's not the 60s it's not the anymore. 60s anymore and it's not to say we can't learn from that but we have to recognize your generation listen People need to put this in perspective. The fact that we have less and less young people interested in serving this country is very, very telling. The average person, you know, at your age group who they're trying to approach to enroll and enlist, the first thing they ask is, why should I? How uncanny is that question? How uncanny is that question? And that's very telling. Like, you all are very much about, well, why should I? Like, that to me is a very good statement to put with you all. 
You know what I mean? Like it's it's a lot of why should I? Yeah. You know, and I don't blame you because I mean, looking at what's going on, you're thinking about January sixth. I mean, and that's another thing. People need to get real. If you expected Gen Z not to think about January sixth, you have to think about what was going on then. Why is it in their minds? What also was going on? Yeah, absolutely. You see what I'm saying? So see, what could we do about this? We have to really re-educate, relearn, learn, right? Yeah. Educate, right? But we have to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And we cannot be, I, I'm a stern believer. And again, it's my background, it's my heritage. I'm not going to denounce it because I didn't come up from this type of upbringing. I came up where it was okay to support black and brown people. So it behooves me when we can't do that. Now, am I saying that I'll work with everybody? Probably not. Probably not. You know, because there's going to be some people for whatever reason, we just won't do it. For the most part, I'd like to work with people if we can, if we could figure it out. Because I believe in the power in our numbers. When I say the people united will never be defeated, I mean that shit. I believe that shit. And I think that right now there's ways that we could collectively deal with, you know, the changes in organizing, the white liberals, the conservatism, the police getting smarter. We could do those things if we give ourselves a chance to do that. Like, look at what you're saying with the internet. Most of y'all, you know, in your generation, that's your main form of communication. The part of the reason why some of y'all don't show up to some of these rallies is because you don't know about it. Why? Nobody told you. Yeah. Well, what do you mean nobody told you? It, I, I, there were flyers. Yeah, okay, what flyer? You see what right. I'm saying? And make it appealing. Don't just invite the young people or, or the elder folk and expect them to be a Christmas decoration, Right. And don't give them a script either. I don't believe in that. If you know this person well enough, have a conversation with them first and say, here's what I'm doing. Can, you know, let's talk about that. And and they'll be respectful, you know, but there's ways that we could combat these things. And it starts with us believing in us, though. We could talk about the ones like us who are against us. But what are we doing to deal with that? They're not the only ones around. They're not the only ones around. If we could start thinking like that and realizing that there's so many other people with great potential that we don't talk to and we don't and we exclude indirectly because we don't consider them, can you imagine what would happen, Manny? Oh, yeah, you're right. There's so many people out there. But that goes back to the conservatism you're talking about, right? Because here's the other thing that happened since the 60s the conservatism in the black and brown communities has gotten worse more and more black and brown people are getting conservative that's dangerous that's really 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 dangerous because every time you do that you're forfeiting your power whether you know that or not well now you know you were today years old when you found that out that's that's that bullshit Right. And then you end up sounding like Kanye West. And then we had to talk about you. And that's just, you know, that's a whole other episode. <laughs> but the point, <laughs> the point is, you, you see my point, though. 
Because you see, your generation has a lot of questions and, you know, my generation and older, what we're not doing a great job of, we're not recognizing that the interesting dynamic, which you all is, change is inevitable. Yeah. See, my generation was like, maybe we could leave some of this alone and just deal with that, but then change this. But your generation, oh, I'm yeah, yet no, to no. hear <laughs> a Gen Z person tell me that something could stay the same. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. We're, that, Every that, topic you could say, think of, you all yeah. have. Tell me I'm lying. No, you're absolutely. I mean, you talk about everything. And there's not a single thing that we want to keep. No, just change, change the whole thing. The whole thing needs to get changed. Everything. Everything, mm-hmm. everything needs to get mm-hmm. changed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we're not giving you all the room to, you know, share the ideas. It doesn't matter if they all make sense to me or not. How would I know if it makes sense if I don't know what the fuck it is? Yeah. See, and these are the things that we could do to change these things. Stop allowing white people to get your power by becoming reliant on them. Like I look at some people, organizations, especially, let's talk about organizations. Imagine if some of these organizations were to really employ young people, how different it is, but they rather get into a deal with a white company or hire a white consultant than pay it forward. See what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I, I mean, they, like you said, right, I mean, when, often when organizations try to get young people, unfortunately, it's like this hidden agenda of, like, being, like, like you said, like a Christmas mm-hmm. decoration. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. Hanukkah. Right, oh, yeah, Hanukkah, or New Year's, or Three Kings, whatever, whatever, whatever you believe in. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Kwanzaa, you know? <laughs> but but it, it, it that's what happens and it's yeah. it's nauseating. And we you know, the other thing with your generation, y'all are fed up with that shit too. Yeah. You're fed up with a tokenization. It you know, that's the thing, you know. That's the part which you all you don't want that anymore. And the, here's what I've learned. I don't know about everybody else, but I, I don't know if you all noticed this, but young people actually like working with me. I don't pay them just so you know that like <laughs> even if I was to do that these 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 people they're interesting they want candy they're so interesting you know <laughs> they're so interesting <laughs> Anna, give me some sour candy skills you know um but yeah you know it's so interesting there's so much we could learn from you like I learned a lot from you you know, I learn a lot from how you speak and how you decipher things and how you break things down. Look at what you're telling me about January 6th. We spoke about this before. Yeah. Right. But now you're watching it with a different lens now because yeah. since then till now. Right. right. And now, you know, you have a, a different understanding, but that's how we how, that's how we learn, you know, and this is what we love about doing what we do on this on this podcast. This is the purpose of it. Mm-hmm. I never said we'll always agree. Right. I never said that. But in the midst of disagreement, we could find out some stuff about ourselves and also learn something and maybe even come up with some great solutions. Like right now, you know, there's different ways people could get involved, right? You could support each other, you know. Let's talk about those things. Let's bring those things to the table, right? Like I, I, I think about like bringing back things like bartering, right? You know, when it is the barter, if I have something, you have something we could trade. Right. 
right? So say you go to the grocery store and you could afford to get XYZ under your thing and then I could get XYZ under my thing. Let's trade. Let's both have food. Let's share. Let's start saying morning to each other again. You notice people don't yes. do that as much anymore? Oh Did you notice that too? Yeah. 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 I and mean, let's believe in like each other. People. Because, because Manny, that's the biggest thing from the 60s that changed. We don't believe in each other anymore. No, no, we don't. We really, really don't. Like, we really, really, really do not. We don't think that we have that power. And that's that's sad. Because I know some powerful ass black and brown people, including you. Right. And, and that's what I've been saying, right? With, with my thing, and personal thing, I was just saying, I know it's a guarantee, and it's and it, it it's it's sad for me sometimes when I think about it. But it's a guarantee mm-hmm. that when I run for elected office, mm-hmm. I was, know you know I was about. I'm staring at you through the phone, right? I, listen, okay. I know, I know that there's black and brown people. They're listen. They'd rather see anyone else than me. No, but you see, but listen, hold up. But that's why we're having this conversation now, because we're putting it on the table now. The challenge starts. You all were today's years old when we told you all, fix your shit. Get your shit together. Get your shit together. Let's prove any wrong. That's how I want us to talk about that. Because here's what we're not going to do. We're not going to open up the door for anybody to say that you doubted your own people. I'm not going to allow that narrative. So what we're going to say instead We're going to say we're putting a challenge out there for us to open our thinking, right, and recognize, yes, he mightn't get it perfect, but let's let's support him into his role. Yeah. There we go. Before we close out tonight, Manny, because we do have to close out, you have any final thoughts? Right. Um, January 6th, uh, a day I know for the rest of my life I will never forget. Mm-hmm. Uh, a very dark day in modern U.S. history. Um, there, like you said, if you look at it with so many different lenses, there's so mm-hmm. much, many things you can gain from it. But um, I, as I reflect on it, and as and after writing that essay, right, I want people to know: listen, conservatism in the United States. It is very prominent. It's prevalent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is deep rooted and it has ties and sources and origins and places that you wouldn't even think about. Mm-mm. But like CJ said, like three fifths, like I have said so many times, we need we need to one educate ourselves about that. Mm-hmm. We need to, to organize ourselves with new strategies and new methods, okay? Because mm-hmm. times are changing, society is changing, the world is changing, we need to change with it, mm-hmm. All right? I say that with full intent as a Gen Z person, like CJ said, when we say <laughs> that we want to change everything, is because we realize and we recognize that things aren't working. Mm-mm. And so we need to change it, but, but, Gen Z is not oblivious to the fact that we can't do it by ourselves. Mm-mm. 
we need the support of everyone around us. And so, please, inspire each other, motivate each other, support each other. But most of all, just believe in each other. Believe that that person can actually make a difference. Okay, it may not be this grand one, but even the smallest difference can make an impact. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, again, my aspiration of becoming a legislator, I will continue to work towards. I love what CJ said and establishing, uh, you know, I don't want to establish the narrative that I'm doubtful of support. I simply, I, I want to challenge those around me Mm -hmm. to dare, to just dare to believe in me and support me in the hopes that maybe I can accomplish something for us, not for me, for us. Mm -hmm. That's it. And so as always, you have the power to enact, to change, to inspire, to motivate someone. But it all starts with yourself. So please, please believe in yourself. And there will be people like CJ, me, Three-Fifths, Amy, and so many more amazing individuals out there doing what we do best, fighting the good fight. I'll be there on the front lines getting on someone's nerves. I hope to see you there in any capacity that you can. But together, together is how we'll do this. This is why we have them up here, man. How could you not enjoy such a brilliant voice from Gen Z and one of many. I'd like to invite everyone now to join me in a moment of silence for our friends in Palestine. Oh Allah, help and protect the people of Palestine. Oh Allah, ease their pain and suffering. Oh Allah, bestow of mercy. Bestow your mercy on them. Oh Allah, open people's hearts to give in this time of crisis. Oh Allah, help those who are in need, wherever they may be. I mean, let me tell you something. This is why we have to treasure our youth. Young people are dying right now in Palestine. Why do you think they're trying to kill off their future? And by us ignoring them, we're doing the same thing. But we kind of also need the young people to look to us and respect us too. And help us engage with you. It's mutual. Nobody's perfect.
And I promise you, we won't always agree, but I'm pretty sure in there somewhere we'll figure out some things and we might even come up with some pretty good ideas. Well, I hope wherever you are, wherever you're tuning in from, I hope you know it's great that you're here and that we appreciate you liking, sharing, subscribing, your continued encouragement and support. We truly, truly appreciate it. And if nobody told you, you're amazing. Be kind to yourself. All right? You're worth it. That's all for tonight. Fist up, smile on. Peace. CJ.